It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, Jeff, let's keep this Q&A rolling right along for the YouTube folks. So glad you guys are here. Steven W. checks in, and I wanted to put this up because I have a question for Jeff. Uh, what is the best way the Reds could package someone to bring back Kyle Farmer, and when is it going to happen? Well, I know this was asked kind of tug-in-cheek, but you know what I'm looking forward to, Jeff, and I know you are too because we've talked about it. The day that David Bell puts Buck Farmer at shortstop in a tribute to the, the, the man that is gone, the, the hero of Kyle Farmer, you know, you know, the lone farmer standing at shortstop. It's going to happen, right? Farmer is short every day. Uh, no. <laughs> no. We're done with that. The shortstop of the future is coming up this year. I ain't worried about that. Ronnie checked in uh, while we were talking pitching. Excited for the latest updates on these young guys uh, out in Arizona. Uh, give us what we're hungry for. Reds, Reds, Reds. I couldn't agree more. Tomorrow, tomorrow, we have got live baseball, Jeff. Cincinnati Reds are back. Very pumped about it. I, I really think, too, with Brandon Williamson on the mound, it's just ratcheted up my excitement so much more. Like, I'm just, I'm ready. Let's go. Hey, we got a question for you in the in the chat here, Jeffrey. Uh, BR7 checks in and says, So, Jeff is a Red Super fan and I think a Star Wars and comic book nerd. He is all of those things. Yeah. <laughs> Would Jeff rather talk X-Men or X-Fip? Hmm. I think it's X-Fip, but it's by a small margin. The Krakoan era is very interesting on the on the comic book side, although I'm just diving into it. I just got through um, X uh, house of X and powers of X, but yeah, very much enjoying it. Ah, poofy haired fancy boy says Jeff is beginning to look like Abe Lincoln with that beard. You're getting a little, you're, you're getting a little duck dynasty over there and <laughs> getting a, yeah, getting a little depth. I might need to trim it. Although it's still kept its shape pretty well. I'm, I'm pretty happy about it. 
you guys in the comments are great. It, it, Mark says he loves watching me read the comments. He can always tell when I stumble on a, one of Poofy's comments. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. And I can't read half of them on because we're a family show. <laughs> but uh, happy Aloha Friday, Greg says. Brandon Williamson needs to be in the rotation to start the season. Hunter Strickland needs to be on another team. Uh, It'd be nice yeah. if he joined the Pirates, uh, the Pirates bullpen. No, the, no, no, no. No, no, no. Have you seen the Pirates bullpen? It's like half former Reds. It's, I mean, obviously they have Dowry Moretta because we traded him for Kevin Newman, but they also have Robert Stevenson in their bullpen. Like, what are we doing here? Like, did they think that the Reds were onto something? I think that, uh, well, every uh, Seattle clearly does. I think yeah. that uh, Hunter Strickland needs to go join Aristides Aquino. He's that's too close. I need him to be out of David Bell's reach. I, I don't want Hunter Strickland anywhere near this team because he, he I was think on the Brewers and he was him. a fine reliever a couple of years ago, but he ain't doing it again. That was an outlier. <laughs> BR seven thinks that we should give Hunter Strickland a break and show him a little love because we all deserve a chance. And then he says, wait, is this the Strickland from last year? Never mind. Yes, it is the Strickland from last year. It's beyond me. Uh, why he's here. Mark thinks Strickland's around yeah. just to be here for spring training. Yeah. You know, that's I possible. That That's possible. I mean, you know, we got a lot of arms going out for the World Baseball Classic, and Strickland could simply be here depth to to have somebody that can throw baseball to hitters during the World Same Baseball Classic. And with Chase Classic. Anderson. They're not but here because they're competing. This is true. But I don't trust David Bell in being able to resist using Hunter Strickland the wrong way. So, Ray says that he disagrees. A blown lead is a key part of the Reds game. <laughs> it was. Hunter Strickland's really good in that role. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Fancy <laughs> boy. He jumped in when I was talking about Chris Welsh and says uh, he loves him. He's wearing a bow tie, in fact, to honor him right now. Uh, we are not, Greg, the founders of the Hunter Strickland fan club. That is not a thing that we're doing. You guys are on fire in the comments today. Here we go. An actual one you can answer, Jeff. There Over under. Nick Senzel has a 270 batting average this year. Under. I, I hate to say it. And, and I know that we're being optimistic here because we've been happy about the pitching reports that we've gotten out of camp. Under. He still hasn't taken batting practice yet. Like, the, he hasn't done a live BP yet. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to also agree and take the under. Listen, batting average. I want my batting average. The days of guys 270, 280, 290, 300. Those are fewer and far that? between. I mean, 250, 260 is probably going to be the new the new measure of a good hitter in Major League Baseball. Did you see that graph that like they went back? I think they went back 30 years or whatever. The teams that had below a 240 batting average and how it's gone so far up the last couple of years. Like I think there were 14 teams. Yeah, it was single digit, single digit, single yeah. digit, half half the league. Basically. It's a very and it's a lot, it's a lot of power focus, it's a lot of on base focus, things like that. Like People understand that you don't necessarily have to hit singles all the time to win a game, although stringing hits together is a huge part of it. But I, I still think that the way that the game has changed, I don't know that we're going to go back to a year. I mean, the the biggest evidence of this from the Reds' perspective was them getting rid of Alejo Lopez, and he's still on the roster. He's still in camp, 
But them cutting Alejo Lopez off of the 40-man roster before spring training even began, Alejo Lopez is the guy that breaks the the average cycle. He's going to hit 270, 280, but he's only going to slug 320. And that's not what teams are looking for anymore. They're looking <laughs> They're for guys that are going to slug, slug 270, 280. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when your batting average matches your slugging, right? And that's not what they want. That's not what that is not what they're looking no for. No team. Wants hey, that. Mark asked a good question. I'm interested for your take on this, Jeff. Uh, says Derek Law is still here. That's like Strickland 2.0. Uh, yeah. Not a, it's not a unreasonable comparison. Yeah. And he's a non roster guy. He's not on the 40 man. Um, he's, he's a, you know, replacement level pitcher. He's a guy that was up here because of injuries last year. I, I agree. Greg Hughes says Sims is key. Sims is key because I don't think we can overstate the value that Sims is going to bring to this bullpen in having somebody that you can use. You know, I don't know how many games we'll even see Sims and Diaz pitch back to back. I, I really feel like it's a, we'll see one or the other type of situation. I think that, that's I don't the think best that's usage. Thing. I think that's a good. I think thing. that's the best usage of the bullpen because then you can keep both of them fairly fresh, and there's always somebody on the back end to kind of shut things down or put out a fire that uh, we consider to be the ace of the bullpen. Do you think, let's say, over under eleven and a half games that both of them pitch in? Did you take the over or the under? Out of 162 games, I take the over on that. I would say we could see them together in a game between 15 and 20 times okay. throughout the season. Because there will be there will be some like tense games where David Bell is just like, I got to throw the book at this thing, and that's going to happen. That's when you're going to see both of them. But I agree. I think that the key to this bullpen, because we've talked about this, and I've talked about the reason for my optimism for this bullpen is that they have that top guy already. But if it's going to take another step. They got to have like the sheriff's got to have his deputy and Lucas Sims is the number one candidate for me to be bullpen ace one B. And if he can fit back into that role, because it sounds like health wise so far as the big three of coming back from injury, he is definitely the best candidate to return to his former is, you know, his, his form then that's going to be so huge for the rest of this bullpen and all the other pieces can fall into place as we'd like them to. If, if Lucas Sims is back to top-notch form, healthy and nasty with his pitches, is he 1B or is he 1A? One. Can we, could, is he, he is, you don't see any scenario where he becomes the guy the only, of the bullpen? I mean, And then and, you can and, use Alexis Diaz in all of the situations, you know, sixth inning, seventh inning, eighth yeah. inning, ninth inning, wherever there's a fire. I think, and it's only because relief pitching is a fickle thing. There is a universe where Lucas Sims could overtake Alexis Diaz. But I, I think Alexis Diaz is just so talented. That fastball, the slider combination, his delivery is so repeatable. He doesn't get rattled out there on the mound. Like, I love what I saw from him last year, and I think that everything that he showed can be repeated. Uh, But obviously, you can blow up if you're a relief pitcher, and if that happens, then Lucas Sims could take over. But I'd say it's a less than 10% chance that the best relief pitcher in this bullpen is not Alex. Our buddy Carlos Guevara checks in, says, what's up, guys? He also says to you. He also says to you, happy haircut, Jeff. Um, 
it's like you, know, you got you get a little long. I don't know what that I don't know what that's like. That must be so nice to go and get a haircut and uh, you know be all sharp get to and, a point where it's hard to comb and you just gotta take care of it every day. So much hair, it's really hard to deal with sometimes. So I gotta get rid of some of it because I just got too much. Oh, I can't match you on the coolness of your haircut, but Ray says I have a cooler name than you do. I just want to say easier know. to spell. I learned mine like instantly in school. Easy. And for me, that's good. <laughs> Luke checks in on our Buck Farmer conversation and says that uh, Farmer Buck Farmer became uh, one of the more consistent bullpen guys. You know, I listen. I'm there. Uh, it took me a while. I, I think that I let maybe the eye test get in the way or a couple bad outings just kind of form my opinion of him before I I really gave him a chance. But yeah, the more I've looked at him, he he's going to be okay. Uh, and just like Mark says, Jeff, you know, Buck is fine and always put in bad situations, you know, and I, I agree with that too. He was coming into games where Chase Anderson had left the bases loaded or something like that. And he did a really phenomenal job of clearing them in most cases. And, and that's where, you know, I, 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 uh, am flattered by the Abraham Lincoln, uh, comparison, but my, this is an ode to Buck Farmer. Buck Farmer's got the beard, man. Like he, he oh can really God. get it going with that beard. And I think that when it comes to pitching too, that breaking ball, oh my goodness. Like if it weren't for Nick Lodol, I'd say that Buck Farmer has the best breaking ball in the, in the pitching staff. Obviously Nick Lodolo's is number one, but Buck Farmer's is a solid number two. New game day shirt. Boom. Cash back food for the tailgate. Boom. Cash back. Even buying around can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. Malachi asks, who is our candidate for a dark horse pitcher to make the Reds roster? So basically, I think we're probably talking about this this last bullpen slot that we have both speculated could probably be a non-roster invitee to go out there and grab that job. It's tough. There, there's a couple of guys, because I think Daniel Duarte is still a little bit expected. I mean, he took him off the 40-man, so it's not that much of a stretch to say that he can make the roster but i'm looking at that alex young uh he's 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 a relative unknown and bobby actually had a encouraging note on his uh on the thing he wrote for post he said that uh you know he's one of the four lefty relievers in camp he looked great during his live bp session he drew a lot of whiffs on his changeup, and he drew praise from his teammates who were watching uh now said he struck out jose barrero a lot of people tend to do that, but he also struck out Jake Fraley in back-to-back at-bats. So it'd be interesting to see if he can make the roster. He's a relative unknown. Could be that dark horse last dude on, on the uh, bullpen. BR7 says, so FIP, talking about FIP, Jeff. So FIP helps coaches know how pitchers are really doing. So, so do they even look at ERA? Well, you have to look at the ERA to evaluate it against the FIP. You take yeah. both numbers in tandem. I think I think any smart coach and David Bell has talked about this over the last couple of years. You have to take everything in, like all the numbers, all of the and, you, and there's certain things that you give a lot more credence to than others. But I definitely think that they look at all of the numbers and try to evaluate accordingly. Especially, I mean, the Reds have added to their analytics department over the last couple of years. 
you you've got David Bell, Nick Crawl, Derek Johnson, all these guys talking about the whole organization is in sync. So you have multiple people that are delivering information to David Bell. Do I believe that he personally looks at all of these numbers to an extent, but I think that he probably gets some sort of report that explains to him exactly what he needs to know about all these different numbers. There's an interesting conversation going on in the comment section surrounding Chris Sabo, and I miss this. So I've been kind of trying to read through these comments to figure out what was going on. So apparently, Jeff, uh, Chris Sabo did an interview with Tom Brenneman this week where he mentioned that he's reached out to the Reds about having a role with the team and the Reds don't seem to be interested. Uh, this is kind Not of the only surprising. former player that's had that. The, he's pretty, uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. You know, I know that Chris Sabo's personality is one that, uh, you know, is a little different. He's different, but also, you know, he's been coaching college baseball. He knows how to interact with people. He knows the game. I don't know why you wouldn't want to find something for him. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of different former players like this that I'm just like, why wouldn't you have even just an advisory role? Like, remember a couple of years ago, Barry Larkin kind of had that, you know, minor league advisory role where he would go to the different teams and, you know, try and help out with different drills and things like that. Like, I could see something like that for Chris Sabo, unless they've decided that that didn't work. But, you know, I, I think you got to err on the side of the organization because I don't think that's something that the Castellinis are signing off on. I think that's something that Nick Crawl is signing off on. That's probably a fair point. I mean, my knee jerk reaction would be to blame somebody named Castellini just because usually that's the And safe I'm not going to stop you from doing that. You could definitely. Yeah. I, and it's usually a safe bet. But. <laughs> You know, I could, I guess I can see just because Sabo's so quirky, just because he's so different. I mean, I think he probably would have a lot to offer, but I, I get maybe that that's not somebody the team's interested in just rolling out there as a representative. I like Sabo. Um, yeah. I, I, I think he's entertaining, but uh, there's I just, it's unfortunate that it's now become a public thing. There's something to be said, and I don't know how you would integrate this into a baseball coaching staff, but kind of like what Tom Nichols said, especially at the end of our conversation about who's going to be on the Dayton dragons. And that is teaching these kids as they work their way through the minor leagues, a winning mentality. And I mean, part of that is you just got to win and that's how you get that mentality. But also when they get to the major leagues, if all they've done is just get called up, called up, called up, They've not really worried about wins and losses to the point when they get to the major league. So how does that translate? Could Chris Sabo be one of those guys? He experienced success in his career. Can you translate that somehow? And that's obviously a question for an actual world series winner and not two podcasters, but you know, maybe there's something there. Nasty natty is the handle on this one. <laughs> All right. Three top things I should be excited about this season. Jeff Ellie De La Cruz for sure. <laughs> if Ellie you're De La not, Cruz. If you're if you're not excited about Ellie De La Cruz, then you're missing the best part about this year. He's gonna be up. He's gonna be up early. I I don't know if it's opening day, but I think he's gonna be up within the first sixty games or so. You know, first half of the season easily, first quarter of the season, and everything that this guy's gonna do on a diamond is just gonna be must see TV. I. I he is absolutely the number one reason to be excited about the Reds this year. I don't see any scenario where he's not here by Memorial Day, uh, the end of May. 
So I, I I'm excited about him. I think he is probably the the biggest that that debut. That's the yeah. biggest thing to be excited about this year. For me, the second thing on the list is going to be the sophomore seasons of Ladolo, Green, and Ashcraft collectively. That one-two-three punch through this Reds rotation. I'm really excited to see how they continue to grow and develop, uh, how they continue to get better. Uh, I don't think we've come anywhere near their ceiling yet, and I'm excited to watch uh, as they progress closer to it. And I... I think that there's two things that probably tie for number three, but I'm going to go with Tyler Stevenson and the fact that the Reds actually understand that they can't just throw him to the wolves and expect him to not get, you know, some kind of fluky injury or something like that. They understand to split his playing time up, keep his bat in the lineup because the best version of this team is with his bat in the lineup. And we're going to see exactly how well that keeps him healthy. And if he stays healthy, man, I think that I think those numbers are going to take off and, and the Reds, are going to be a lot closer to the over than people give them credit. And then I would say a tie to that would be to watch the evolution of Spencer steer and see yeah. exactly what happens with him, where he plays, how often he plays there. Does he become a super utility? Uh, he's going to be fun and exciting to watch too. There's, there's lots of things. There's, there's more to this list folks. You know, this is what we keep saying. Uh, you know, the, the over under on win totals as FanDuel has it is 65.5. Uh, they won 62 games last year in a season that was an absolute train wreck. Uh, there's going to be a lot of things better about this season than last season. Uh, I don't know. I took the over. A- I, 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 bought, I drank Jeff's Kool-Aid, guys. I took the over. I actually put a futures bet over at FanDuel on the Reds to be on the over 65 win, win total for 2023. There's a lot of people that see that over or under at 65 and a half and they stop there. And they're like, that's it. That, that that's what no that is absolutely not it and you're missing so much and this team is going to be so fun there's going to be so many intriguing elements intriguing storylines with different players coming up different prospects coming up different like key pieces to the future of this team and how they are going to continue to grow what's Jonathan India going to look like this year because he understands that last year was unacceptable and he doesn't accept it he is his own biggest critic when it comes to this. And he is ready to completely flip the script and make an even better season than he had in his rookie of the year campaign. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Joey Votto comeback player of the year. Anybody, Uh, you you know, Alexis Diaz, what's he going to keep doing? Lucas Sims, Lucas Sims brought so much energy to the mound whenever he was healthy. And we didn't get to see that in tandem with the energy that Alexis Diaz brings to the mound. So there's just going to be so much about this. And, and I don't think, and people always love to to link old nicknames to new players, and 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 they try to link current rosters to former rosters. You know, could the Reds come up with their own version of the Nasty Boys, Alexis Diaz, Lucas Sims, and somebody else? Oh, Who knows? Slow your roll. <laughs> slow your roll. Let's start it right now. Oh my God. <laughs> Austin checks in, says he was late to the party, but correct him if he's wrong. ERA measures past performance. FIP predicts future results. That's not quite right, but that teases you, doesn't it? XFIP does the predicting. And and the reason that XFIP, and and we'll get more into this on Monday, but the reason that XFIP is different from FIP is that FIP uses home runs as something to measure the number by. XFIP gets rid of home runs and then takes and replaces it with your home run to fly ball ratio as opposed to the league home run to fly ball ratio because we've talked about that's a stat we've used before to talk about how lucky a pitcher gets because each and every year that can change. 
you can give up a lot of fly balls, but they're just not flying out of the ballpark. And then the next year, all of them are flying out of the ballpark. So and, numbers get skewed based on that. And that's where and, and XFIP is XFIP's in our rotation to talk about coming up next week. Uh, mm-hmm. It was actually in the list for today and it got away from us. So we will, uh, we'll circle back to XFIP and, and do that in a regular episode. Uh, <laughs> Ray says Jeff Hoffman is still a free agent. And I, I put that up there to say this, Jeffrey, uh, a little behind the scenes baseball for everybody since you're still hanging around watching us uh last season uh we got comments from nick senzel's dad directed at us uh jeff got comments directed at him personally from jeff hoffman's father on social media uh jeff hoffman's father uh, actually offered to bring jeff a uh, Hoffman Jersey down to the ballpark for Jeff to wear around, which is where that whole bit came from, where I kept asking Jeff when he was going to wear his Jeff Hoffman Jersey down to the stadium. That's why that happened. We got one. So, <laughs> so at some point in time, I expect to hear from Hunter Strickland's parents. <laughs> there Probably. may be an email waiting for us after this episode. Uh, Probably something like that. I, in fact, I, I like that comment though. Um, just just for kicks, uh, while we're while we're going through different questions and things like that, comment with your most obscure former relief pitcher that the Reds could go sign to a minor league deal. Because like one of my first thoughts whenever they brought in Hunter Strickland and Chase Anderson, I'm just like, oh, they want to go back and get Todd Coffee. What about uh, Ross Olendorf? Get that old timey wind up, come back in here. Let's let's see how many see who remembers who. Hey, it's Scott Scudder or nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen W asks, what are our favorite Reds walk up songs of all time? What's a song someone should use this year? Well, uh, I'm going to go with Jolene, 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 Jolene. (laughs) Joey walking up to Dolly Parton, I think, was pretty classic and just so quirky and really kind of demonstrated Joey's personality. Uh, so I'm going with that one. I loved the many sarcastic conversations I had with people where I was like, do you think that he picked it? Because it kind of sounds like she's saying Joey, like, and then it's like, Oh yeah. It's, oh, Joey, 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 Joey. So there was a, there was a video on social media at some point in time of her singing happy birthday to him i don't know if you saw that or not but there was a thing out there i don't know if somebody bought it i don't know if that's something they did cgi i don't know but it was out there um favorite what about you who's your walk up what's your what's your what do you got the one that sticks in my mind the most is is griffey's old walk up of gwen stefani um and i'm trying to remember the name of that song great escape i think is what it was called that's the one that like I can close my eyes and I can still hear. I can still hear Paint It Black for Joey Votto. Mm-hmm. I can randomly hear Viva La Vida for Scott Rowland. Maybe that's more trauma than it is fun memories. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, like different, not necessarily ones that really stuck out to me. I think my favorite one still was, and this wasn't even a Reds one, but um, the New York Mets last year had a game where I think it was like a women in sports day or something. And every hitter changed their walk-up song to a song by a female artist and Daniel Vogelbach, one of my favorite non-Reds players, big old chonky Daniel Vogelbach walked up to uh, Barbie girl. And that was phenomenal. (laughs) That's right. I do remember that. I do remember that. 
uh, Austin says he's off for Alexis Diaz learning from his brother and getting his own uh, bullpen entrance. Say that's in the Listen, I want to tell you that there is nothing that anybody else in baseball can do right now to match what happens in oh, New man. York when Edwin Diaz comes into a, a baseball game. Well, as far as that entrance, not in a while. I mean, like right now, currently, that is just the best thing out there. Well, and you know why? Part of that entrance is the fire from the crowd, the electricity mm-hmm. from the stands. And you're telling me the that the 75 people at Great American Ballpark can't match that energy. I listen, I'm, I'm going to try here, myself. I'm it's going to be really hard here but, yeah. and let you slander the 15 guys that are at every ball game. Hey, Every I'm slinging myself at that because I'm one of them. But no, I there there's that's one of the biggest reasons, and it's an epic entrance. But just the crowd gets so into it, and I'd be I'd be very excited to see what Alexis Diaz comes out to on opening day. Uh, I still, I still, man, I I I miss. Um, oh gosh, never mind. Move on. I just lost Got my train of thought. No problem. Jared wants to know uh, about Will Benson. He says he's hoping to see Will Benson play yes. some center field tomorrow. I think that's probably what's going to happen because, as you say, Nick Senzel has yet to do anything. And really, the center field position right now is a two-person situation between Nick Senzel and Will Benson. So, uh, Will Benson's probably center fielder number one at this point. Nick Senzel's got to hope that Will Benson can't hit left-handed pitching. And honestly, his splits weren't that different in the major leagues. And now he's only gotten a cup of coffee with the guardians last year, but even still like his average, I think was very similar right-handed to left-hander. The only thing that was really different was his slugging percentage. He didn't have a good slugging percentage against left-handed pitching, but he still got on base at a good clip. And I think that there's a chance that if he shows the athleticism that everyone's talking about, like Bobby Nightingale reported that had he not signed the uh the draft contract with the guardians out of high school he was going to go to duke and walk on and play basketball at duke like dude's got dude's got talent he's oodles of talent so if he can translate that to the baseball field i'm very excited i i'm in like i am and, and i don't i haven't seen and i'm sorry if i'm stepping on anybody's toes but i haven't seen anybody come up with this so i'm the card carrying member i'm the founder of the will benson fan club Let's freaking go, Will. Let's freaking go. Greg Hughes says he would like to see a, a veteran on the staff, on the starting staff versus all of the young that. pitchers. They didn't. So that, I, I put that up there to ask you this. Is there still a possibility that they waiver wire somebody or grab a, a, a dude out of somebody else's camp before they, the end? Uh, and I, I can't think off the top of my head of a scenario like this, but if there is a team that has a young guy that they want to put in their rotation and a possible veteran to cut, like the only one that I'm thinking of is the pirates. And if they have a huge camp from like Johan Oviedo or Luis Ortiz, and they're like, we'd rather have him in the rotation than rich Hill, but they gave a contract to rich Hill uh, just this year. So I don't, I don't even think that happens, but yeah, if, there could be a situation where they get somebody off waivers like that. As of right now, like, like that's the thing. Everybody wants there to be a veteran. There's not a veteran on the roster. There, there are guys who have pitched in the past, but they didn't sign Johnny Cueto. They didn't sign Corey Kluber. They didn't sign a guy that I'm like, yes, he's in the rotation. Luke Weaver is not that guy. Could you imagine a rotation of Lodolo, Green, Ashcraft, Coito, and Williamson 
Mm. Oh, that would have been nice. <laughs> that would have been. Been, been really nice. Uh, Malachi says he can't wait to see Fernando Cruz pitching this spring. You know, Cruz, I don't think gets enough love, Jeff. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Lot, no? He kind of got lost in the shuffle last year with the things he was doing. Although I think he's on some radars now. And I think he has an opportunity I don't know that he's considered like a shoe in for this bullpen, but he could definitely pitch his way onto this team with a good spring. He, he was a guy. And, and again, the, the graph that I made of, of fielding independent pitching was based on guys who had pitched a certain amount to kind of qualify. He hadn't, he had too small of a sample size, but in his tiny sample size, he had the best FIP on the roster. His FIP was below two. So that was saying that even though he had only, I think it was only like 24 innings or something like that, but in his 24 innings, he had pitched phenomenally well. And I love his story, and I kind of do hope it continues a little bit. Again, a guy that I only put in the middle relief category, maybe, you know, one of the last uh, bullpen players on the roster, but still, I would like to see his story continue a little bit more. New game day shirt, boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate? Boom, cash back. Even buying around can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Ronnie Snyder says that he's an old codger himself. He's always uh, used the evaluation of players on a team by two things. Uh, do they pass the eye test, eye test and do they have the it factor? It's been pretty reliable for him in his lifetime. Oh, uh, well, you and Dusty Baker. Uh, that's, you know, that's that's old school baseball right there. I mean, that's how they did it, right? You had some guys that got paid a lot of money to be talent evaluators. They went out, they scouted, they reported back. You you drafted a guy and and you evaluated them this way. How do they look and what your gut tell you? And, you know, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. And I'm going to agree with Ronnie on the it factor because over the last couple of years, some of the guys that we've had on this roster have not had that it factor. And Ellie De La Cruz has it. And from what everybody's reporting about Will Benson, Will Benson has it. So I'm very much excited to see how that translates. Where is Jeff's Hunter Strickland fathead wall sticker? Jeff, if somebody sends you a Hunter Strickland wall sticker, will you put it up back there next to Luis? Well, I think, will, I'd, be will you... I think I'd be surprised if it exists at this point, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to mark. Yeah, that's probably where it is. I'm not putting that up. Um <laughs> What are our realistic expectations of Jonathan India this season? He changed his mindset a lot in a better way, and he lost 10 pounds while gaining three miles per hour in his sprint speed. So I'm curious to see. Uh, you know, this is kind of what we've been talking about, right? He, he slimmed it down. Uh, he, he openly has said that he tried to make changes to his game to make him into a player that he is not. Uh, he learned the hard way about... Uh, being somebody that he is not and he's trying to get back to what made him the rookie of the year uh listen his defense was never great i mean he was never an all gold glove second baseman we know right. that uh, that's not a reasonable expectation for him but if if these changes allow his offensive production to come back up 
you know, I can settle for below average defense at second base if his bat is back or better than it was during his rookie of the year campaign. I need him to be above league average as far as an OPS plus goes. If, if he could be 120, 125, if he could be 25% better than league average at second base with, you know, average to slightly below average defense, I'll take that guy. Can I see that? Maybe 2020, huh? 20 homers, 20 steals. I could see that. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know that he's going to hit for a ton of power. I would be surprised if his slugging percentage is very far over the 400 line, but I could see a world where he hits 260, you know, maybe 270 with an on base percentage of 350. And, and I would absolutely take that out of the leadoff spot. Luke asks, when Tony Santion comes back, do you consider him for a starting spot or is he a lock for the bullpen? I had a lock for the bullpen. That guy was an animal when they moved him out to the bullpen. I think he found his, I think he found his groove out there. Uh, he just looked like an entirely different pitcher coming out of the bullpen than he did when he was starting games. When he was, when he was coming out of the rotation, I think that he tried to have too many pitches in his repertoire. So he had two good pitches and a bunch of just meh pitches his two good pitches are his fastball and a slider so i i want i want to see him continue to focus on those two things and make sure that that's all he has to worry about so I, i'm not interested in him making a return to the rotation here's one we haven't talked about and one that of the rare poofy comments that can actually go up on screen um <laughs> he wants our thoughts on the horrible kroger patch that's been added to the reds uniform if you missed it major league baseball has allowed advertising on the uniforms throughout major league baseball uh, kroger paid i think five million dollars to the cincinnati reds to have a kroger patch placed mm -hmm. on the reds uniform for the 2023 baseball season here's my thoughts we knew it was coming. We saw it during the Mexico series where like Ford had sponsorship patches on uh, the uniforms down there. We knew it was inevitable. It's a revenue generator. Fine, whatever. Here's where I have a problem. It looks so tacky. You're telling me that the Reds couldn't pony up, you know, 50 bucks out of the $5 million and pay somebody to do a little embroidery and, and stitch that logo into the jersey. It's an actual iron-on patch, Jeff. Yeah. It is so tacky. Yeah, I mean, the tackiness is kind of frustrating, but honestly, I don't care. Like, soccer, they put the whole thing across their chest. Like, the logo for a soccer team in like Europe and stuff like that is like up in the corner and they've got like, I'm thinking of like Bayern Munich, they've got T-Mobile across their chest. So like most people, if they just tune into the game, they're just like, Oh, we got the fighting T-Mobiles on the, on the field or something like that. Like, I don't, I don't have a problem with this at all. And if it brings in more revenue for a team that cries poor all the time, then Hey, let's, let's do it. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have a problem with the advertising. I just have a problem with the tacky rollout. I mean, yeah. you know, this organization, this organization continues to do things that just does not help itself. And I mean, you know, if you want people to stop talking about you like you're, you know, a stepchild of the league, maybe stop doing the tacky things and yeah. try just a little bit. I get that you're not going to go out and sign Mike Trout or Shohei Otani, but you can pay the money to have the jerseys embroidered. That's just what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Fill for me for a second. It's funny, though, mentioning that. It makes me think I've, you know, 
off air, been doing a little bit of house hunting. And there's just sometimes you walk into a house and you're like, dude, how did you miss that detail? That's horrible. Like, I'm not even interested in this house because that detail's there. And sometimes it feels like that's how the Reds run things is that it's like, hey, there's this obvious detail that it seems like it shouldn't be that hard to fix. And it's sitting right here, right in front of everybody. Why aren't you fixing it? Carlos Guevara, this is great. I want to talk about this. We were talking about salary caps in Major League Baseball. Why not ask a guy that played in Major League Baseball? Carlos says that the MLB players worked too hard for too long to allow a cap. This is what I think, Carlos. And I just, I don't see, and maybe Carlos will be a little bit later in the comments here. Carlos, if you're still listening, answer me this. Is there anything that Major League Baseball could give a player, could give the players, to even allow this to be a consideration. I just can't figure something that's big enough to be the trade. I, I just, I don't, I don't see what they could come up with. I just, I, I, I it, it just scares me because it just feels like there's this looming long-term work stoppage based on this issue. Cause yeah, this is what the owners want. The, and the thing of it too is, you know, we're thinking from a fan's perspective and Carlos can actually speak from a former player's perspective on this issue and like from a fan's perspective there's a little bit of wishful thinking in that thinking you know okay if we create a salary cap there might be a little bit better uh parity and stuff like that let's be honest there are teams every year in the nfl and in the nba that you know are out of it they got a salary cap i mean there's uh, how many years have nba fans of the oklahoma city thunder um or in the NFL, the Detroit Lions. I know the Lions were close to the playoffs this past year, but come on, that's the first year in how long? And they've had a salary cap. Like, there's still a lot to be said about a team just letting their front office do the work. And you can always tell a team that is poorly run. So I, I think that there's an element of fans thinking, okay, this is going to be a way for Major League Baseball to uh, tell cheap owners to spend more. But at the end of the day, I, I, I don't necessarily know that it's going to solve our problems. So we've crossed into the hour 15 minute mark here, guys. And there's some, there is some interesting stuff happening in the chat. I'm not, I can't even go. You guys there, are busy. I love it. it, it these guys are busy. So I'm, I am, I am scrolling. I want to get a few more in. Uh, we were talking about Nixon, though, Carlos, weighed in on the over under does he get 270 plate appearances not average this is a great question uh i we just touched on this a little bit talking about will benson uh i think we could be under here especially if it, and there's a few things and it's not as if david bell has come out and said this but there's a few different uh quotes that if you kind of piece them together what david bell is saying i think david bell looks at nixon zell as a utility guy at this point, I don't think he looks at him as a center fielder anymore. And I think we're, we're kind of attributing that because that's where we've seen him his entire career to this point. But I think we're going to see him play some different positions this year, just to try and get his bat in the lineup. Uh, there was an article today talking about how he's changed his batting. Sign. I think Mark Sheldon uh, of MOB.com wrote this one is that, you know, he's, he's changed his batting stance, changed the way that he approaches each at bat with Joel McKeith and, and there were a lot of quotes from Nixon Zell talking about how uh, he didn't really take 
to his early career changes that were made for him when he first got brought up. You know, the much publicized uh, Donnie Ecker, you know, having him stand up more, having him add a toe ta- or a leg kick and all this other stuff. And how then he tried to go back to what he used to do. And then it t- zapped all his power. And it's just always been a mess for him. So he's changed it again. We'll, we'll see exactly what he makes out of it. But just all of the different things that I'm hearing and, and seeing all these different quotes and stuff it makes me wonder just how much we're really going to see of him. All right, I'm trying to find us one or two more here, Jeff. Uh, talking about the economics of baseball, there's there's a conversation going. I see Carlos answering some guys' questions. Uh, this cap and floor thing that would spread the money around, this is from Carrick Melvin. Uh, cap and floor could actually spread the money out instead of 20 players making hundreds of millions. Uh, players should be for it with the right floor. It can't go on like this. I mean, there's logic there too, but at the end of the day, and I think Carlos really hammered this point home for me because it's the fear that I continue to harbor with all of this economic talk is uh, to give, to get something, they're going to have to give something Mm -hmm. and, and nobody can present to me something that the owners are going to give these players. That's going to get them to give up. Yeah. You know, Carrick, are you right? Is it better to spread that money around and more guys get a little bit rich than 20 guys get filthy and possibly to ever spend it all rich? Well, on paper it is, but part of this major league baseball dream is the dream of making the $500 million. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you do there. I I, I really don't. And it just scares me to even think about because it could be a big problem. Yeah. It's, whenever it happens and another thought of this is that i think that's really why there's a lot of people trying to fight to get rid of their um the uh, antitrust exemption is that i think the only way that anybody could see this happening is if an entire another league is created and is successful that has a salary cap and then major league baseball go and then you know everybody looks at it and says well i guess this is what we got to do now like there is no example for baseball of a salary cap working. And I know there's been some conversation about this whole other league thing. And I think some of it is sparked by what's going on with football right now with the USFL and the XFL firing back up and playing some games. They're not, they're not major competitors, but you know, they're another league. The thing with baseball is it's a long season and so much infrastructure required. And I, I just, I don't know that there's anything that can, compete with major league baseball for being a viable a viable option but you know what guys i think now we're you know at the hour 20 minute mark that's probably a good spot to wrap it up for today jeff uh i think so too appreciate think, everybody uh, done yeah uh, been involved you guys have been great this has been awesome it's i love these live shows uh don't forget tomorrow saturday Reds baseball is back with the first spring training game of the season. We're going to be watching Brandon Williamson. Uh, There is a possibility that uh, maybe I'll even go live pregame and do a little chat with you guys as we're leading up to the start of the season. I'll talk to Jeff about that a little bit. We might might have a little something for you just to to kick things off. Uh, Go ahead and wrap us up, buddy. That'll do it for us today. Thanks, everybody, for joining in. Uh, Coming up Monday, we will be talking about these games. We're going to break down exactly what's going on. 
What are the big storylines? What's to pay attention to? That's coming up on Monday's Lockdown Reds. Now make sure you go check out Lockdown MLB Prospects as Lindsey Crosby has you covered on all of the minor leagues, everybody's farm system, and all of the big stars of tomorrow. That's Lockdown MLB Prospects, just like Lockdown Reds. It's free and available on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. Games are starting. We're getting closer. I think it's only 34 days away from, if I can count, uh, from opening day at this point. Steve, so what's that mean? You and you and your math. It means that you and I are going to be locked on the rumors, locked on the transactions, locked on the results to keep everybody locked on reds every single day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.